welcome back to another episode of Mastering Money for Moms podcast, where we're discussing the two greatest generational gifts, raising a family and leaving a legacy. If you would, please like, subscribe, and share our podcast with others so we can help educate more people. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Thanks for listening. Hello, everyone. I want to welcome you to today's latest episode of Mastering Money for Moms. I am super excited to introduce you to Michelle Rogers. Michelle Rogers and I met when I was on vacation in Sarasota a few weeks ago, and a fellow mutual friend of ours connected us, and she said, you have to meet Michelle. Michelle's story is unparalleled. And she's really overcome a lot of things in her life that have set her up for financial freedom. And with that, you became my instant friend. And I, I thought, I need to know you. I need to understand your story. And that's one of my fa- the favorite things that I get to do in my line of work with this podcast is I get to understand what makes up somebody. And so I'm just going to take a, before she tells us more about her, I had asked her to send me her bio and she's like, you know, I really don't have a bio um, and here's why. And she went in and and I thought to myself, here's a woman and you're going to hear shortly that's overcome so much in her life. And you're going to think to yourself like I did, she needs to put this on paper and she needs to share it because it's a real testimony to her perseverance, her determination And um, I'm really excited for her to share her story with you. So without further ado, Michelle, welcome to our podcast. Well, thank you. That was an amazing introduction. I really appreciate that. Um, Yes, uh, I had shared my story at an investors uh, meetup group. And let me tell you, I rewrote and rewrote and rewrote what I was going to say probably 10, 15 times because I don't typically do this. And then when our mutual friend said, you need to do these podcasts, I went, absolutely not. And she brought it back to exactly what I was saying in the Invest Her Meetup and kind of used my words against me (laughs) and said, always be learning and, and, um, you know, never, what was the, anyway, so, uh, no excuses. She's like, no excuses. You have to do this. And I was like, okay, you're right. I have to do this. <laughs> so yeah, thank well, you for having me. Yes. Well, you know, we have to get uncomfortable to find the success we want and we seek in our lives. And so you're doing that today yes. and I appreciate you being on here. Um, it's hard getting uncomfortable and it's hard putting yourself in positions that you don't want to do. But when you come to the other side of that, doesn't it feel so liberating? It does. It really does to know that you're able to go through that. Something that you didn't think you'd be able to, and you do. And now you can look back and you're like, wow, okay, what's next? Right. Yeah. So let's start on your story. Tell us, tell us about your journey. So, um, my story started when, um, so my parents weren't rich and I didn't realize that we were on the lower class of, uh, middle income, but higher class of poverty, I would say. Um, my mom worked 
house cleaned for the other women in the church. <clears throat> and the school that I went to was a private school. Um, you know, private Christian school. There was like 20 kids in our class. So it was very, um, click, uh, you know, you, if you, you had money that's, you know, you were there. So, uh, that's kind of where my, my story started. My parents were very, uh, religious. We went to church every morning, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, um, until they did not And us kids continued to have to go. Uh, <clears throat> and though my childhood was very tumultuous. So there was a lot of physical, verbal, sexual abuse. Um, there was a time in which, um, my mother actually tried to kill me. Um, social services was involved. I was involved in a car accident. Um, the pastor knew the youth pastor knew, uh, neighbors knew, and a lot of it was just covered up because back then that's how parents dealt with children. And, you know, that wasn't, it wasn't, I would say wrong back then. So there was an incident in which a uh, pretty big fight. Um, I ended up standing up for myself. It was the last time that my mother has ever touched me because I kind of gave it back to her pretty good. Not great to say that, but you know, at some point you have to stand up for yourself. My mom had my dad make a decision. It was me or her and she was staying. So at 13, 14 years old, I was kicked out of the house. Um, they sent me up to a boarding school. It's a home for troubled teenagers. Uh, again, very religious organization. A lot of abuse went on there. Very much covered up. Uh, it actually was in the paper. Uh, and had indictments against it. But I will say that being kicked out of the house and going up there actually saved my life. Because had I continued to be in my home environment, I probably would not be living now. Um, so <clears throat> we don't know what we don't know. So that's what I grew up with. So I didn't know that, that there was normalcy um, or that everything that I was going through was wrong. I did always think that there was something more. There was always something inside of me that said, Hey, I didn't belong to these people. Maybe I was adopted or I was stolen or something, but these people that I came from, I'm not, they weren't family, even though they are. Um, and I always thought that there was something more, there was a drive to do something different. Uh, when I came out of high school, I wanted to go to college and my parents thought that the government would be involved if they signed the FAFSA forms. So the dreams of going to college were pretty much shot at that point. So then I did what society tells every woman back then. I mean, you were talking about 93, 94, um, to do, which is you get married, you have kids, right? That's barefoot and pregnant in the kitchen, right? So that's what I did. I, um, had three children by the time I was 21, uh, was married and continued to per perpetuate that cycle. You, women, you marry people who are like 
your father who are like the male figures in your family and my husband at the time uh is very narcissistic uh i had postpartumed really hard with my first child nobody back then knew what postpartum was you know i don't know if you remember the woman that drove her kids off of the side of the cliff when she yes. postpartum nobody knew what that was we were depressed we needed right. medication you know right. um and that goes back to the olden times when they would um think they would give hysterectomies for hysteria you know nobody understood the woman's body and what we needed so i was put on medication um did not need the medication uh very long but because i had feelings and i was outspoken and um all of the things that strong women are uh i was put on more medication and my husband at the time come to find out was double and triple dosing my medication through my food um because he would think that it wasn't working or that i wasn't taking it so then and he made all of our meals uh so he you know i worked four or five jobs at a time so he was putting the medication in the food which then creates a roller coaster effect because if you're so much on this amount of medication then you take what you're supposed to well then that just messes with your body and exasperates the problem so long story short um he was um <clears throat> cheating uh there was a massive fight uh the police were called for domestic violence i was on the floor face down he was on my back and my children were punching me um that was november 28 2011. i have never went back and i will tell you that if i didn't have strong women in my life at that time um i would have went back i would have 100 went back because that's all you know and it's scary to be out on your own um and left financially with nothing because all of my paychecks went into you know one account and he had taken all the money out of that account so now i had nothing um i would have been in you know women's shelters if it if i didn't have two very strong women one the um my friend took me in for almost two years um helped buy me a car because he had the car taken away um and the other woman had a yoga studio who really encouraged me to start taking yoga just start doing something for myself right because um, my my whole life was doing for other people raising my children um you know working four or five jobs at a time <clears throat> and don't get me wrong i one of my biggest regrets is i continued the cycle that i had growing up with my children because you don't know what you don't know well, i didn't know how to raise children i raised my kids i don't want to say the same way because there wasn't the sexual abuse but i will tell you there was a lot of you know verbal and um yeah so that is one of my biggest regrets is doing that well 
the good news, obviously you've had a very troubled and troubled upbringing. Yes. And when you don't know any better to your point, you think everybody lives this way. Correct. But thankfully you came to and you, you know, God put you in a place where he, he knew that there were some other people that could provide some light for you and get you, you know, lift you up. The reason I started this podcast is my grandmother married three different men in her life. And it was, it wasn't because she necessarily loved them. I'm sure she did in some capacity, but she did it out of necessity because she didn't know how, she didn't think she had the skill set to provide for her family. Mm -hmm. And so as women, we naturally will be, could be drawn back into a bad, you know, a horrible situation because you are scared to death to live alone and you don't know how are you going to provide for your family or how are you going to provide for yourself, right? And right. so I think it's really important to recognize, A, you went through that, but even more importantly, you can pull yourself up. And there are other women out there that are offer, you know, can be a light to you and lift you up. So obviously you didn't go back. You're, you're in a different space in your life, which kudos to you. And cute. I, I applaud the women that had the decency to reach out to you and try to help you up and recognize that you are worth living and you are worth sharing the world to, you know, and that you're wonderfully and beautifully made and that you have the opportunity to shine for others and you can be a mentor in somebody else's life that might have might, might currently today be walking in the same path that you were on and you're going to be a better person as a result. And I'm, I know you already are. So let's fast forward a little bit. And I know you're in a great place now. I, I know your story, but continue if you would. Let's, let's kind of jump ahead here. Sure. So um, at that point, you know, the divorce was finalized and I literally took two years of my life to find me. Um, now I'm still struggling, still trying to work uh, and, you know, have mounting medical bills and all of that. So the normal day-to-day -day life and um, really immersing myself in different religions, in what are my core values? Who do I want to be? What makes me happy? Um, and just finding who I really am because I never had that space or that time or even, like you said, the arms of other women to hold you up and say, you know what, you can do this. Why don't we do this and plant those little seeds? Um, because when they plant little seeds, you don't think about it right now. And later on down the road, it flourishes. So in 2013, I met my, the husband that I'm married to now. I say my current husband, he gets upset because then he's like, well, what about the next one? <laughs> I can see that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm going to tell you, I went from a, a poverty mindset, from a, um, the mindset of scarcity to in conjunction with these three women and him, it's now an abundance mindset. It's what's the, the power of the word and, you know, 
it's there's enough for everyone and how do we do things you know and they they encouraged me to read a ton of books and do a lot of self introspection introspection and one person said one thing that has stuck with me my entire life my boyfriend at the time who's now my husband said to me what do you want to do what are your dreams let's make those happen and i went whoa wait you don't want something from me you actually want to give something to me i'm worth that and my response was real estate i had been a real estate agent 20 some years ago i had given it up and i loved at the time helping fix and flipper investors take these homes that nobody wanted they were condemned make them beautiful and then homeowners would come in and, and they'd raise this family so <clears throat> very quickly i had to go through a um a medical procedure that basically took everything that makes me a woman away <laughs> And as I was recuperating, I found um, a mentorship program. When the student is ready, teacher appears. Uh, clicked on the mentorship program, went through the program in six weeks. Within a month of doing that, um, found a condemned property in the city of Lancaster because we had also moved uh, about an hour away from uh, where we were located before bought that property at auction for $10,000. My husband and I uh, totally renovated it. I went through four contractors who walked out. Uh, he and I totally renovated it nights and weekends. Don't know how my marriage survived. We'll never do that again. <laughs> we, we have different um, ways of doing things, which is very complementary to each other. <laughs> yeah. And at the same time can be very um, frustrating. <laughs> So it, it actually forced me that, that experience forced me to find people to help grow my business so that, um, you know, he can be doing other things and supporting me in other ways. And that actually helped me grow that experience. So we started with that. It was total burr, um, found out about private money, uh, that totally changed our lives. So let's, let's, let's stop for a second here. Of course. Um, so you mentioned the word burr. And so for our newer investors, burr means you buy it, you renovate it, you refinance your money out of it, or excuse me, you rent it, and then right. you refinance out. And it's a great way to get infinite returns. Yes. And then you can take your funds and then repeat it on the next project. Correct. And then you've got your first asset in your portfolio. Mm -hmm. And you just rinse and repeat that process over and over and over. And it's it's a way a lot of people have built up a really sizable portfolio. So that that's exciting that you did it. And I want to go back and also said, recognize the fact that, um, one, he said, what are your goals and dreams? And a lot of times yes. I can tell you I didn't have your upbringing, but I had a good upbringing. I was actually adopted. And so I felt like God kind of plucked me and put me with the perfect parents that gave me everything that life, you know, just poured into me because they couldn't have children. 
And so, but the one thing, you know, I went to school, I got the good, you know, good grades and all that. Um, but I lost who I was too. And so the fact that you were encouraged to dream and think about your girl goals, I really didn't even know what that looked like. I was always following somebody else's path. So the fact that you were given the ability and encouraged to really dream, that is, I found that to be a really hard thing to do. I thought, I don't, I don't have any dreams or goals other than, I mean, I had a silly one. I just wanted two pear trees in my yard. And I mean, talk about really that that's all you, you have a goal for, you know, but that my brain didn't get the concept that wait, we can achieve whatever we want in life. Um, but you have to, you have to ask for it and you have to dream about it and set steps in motion. So obviously your husband loved you enough to allow you to do that. But then he said, we're going to move. And so many people think that they can't move. They've lived there their whole life. You know what? We're not trees. Mm-hmm. We can move. We have the ability to move. And when you get an abundance mindset, hey, why don't you get two homes? Get one where you've always lived and get one somewhere else, right? Why limit yourself? So I love that obviously you married the right man and he's your last husband, right? And so, oh, yes. yeah, <laughs> want to make that clear for him that he, yes. he feels uh, renewed by that. <laughs> but anyway, I didn't mean, it, mean to interrupt your story, but I just thought it's worth just sharing the importance of having a partner that believes in you enough to say, let's find out what your goals and your hopes and your dreams are in life. And let's figure out how to do that together. Mm -hmm. Right. And then let's go where we need to go. Let's seek out the right mentors that can help us to have success in an area, even if it requires us paying for it, your return on that investment and that time and your education is going to be well worth it. It will multiply itself 10x, I promise you, listeners. So with that, please continue after your burr. You started doing this. Well, and I do want to say, um, as far as being, you had said that a lot of uh, men, spouses listen to your podcast. And uh, I also want to say, it's one thing to say it, to say, hey, what are your hopes and dreams? Yeah, let's go do it. And it's a whole nother thing to actually do it. Um, And one of the things that I've said multiple times throughout my life is, you know what? Words are words. They mean nothing. Show me the action. Show me the action. And I just, I was having a really bad day and he sent me this. Oh, so it's one strong, brave, determined day at a time. And then he's got, you got this. It's you and me against the world. And I like our odds. So, wow, that is, that's amazing. So yes, spouses out there that are listening here. One of the things when I found real estate, I didn't, I told my husband, this is something we can do. And he goes, whoa, whoa, wait a minute. Let me clarify here. I am going to support you, but I have a day job Mm -hmm. and I believe in you. And I will 100% back your your goals and your dreams, whatever you want to do. I will be your biggest cheerleader. But I'm not going to do this for you. I need you to figure out who you are. Yep. 
And because of that, my seven-year journey in real estate, he has been on the sideline cheering me on intentionally not being a part of my business because he felt so strongly that he needed me to find out who I was internally. And I call him and my dad, my balcony people, because they're up there cheering, you know, cheering us on. And um, it's, it's beautiful as a woman when you have a spouse that sees the potential in you. He's like our heavenly father. He sees what you have in you. And they're on the sideline trying to pull that out and encourage you the whole time. Mm-hmm. So Wow, what an amazing husband you have. Kudos to all of our supportive husbands out there that are enriching yes. and bettering your your wives' lives so that your families can be stronger and you can be stronger in the community and you can bless more people. Yes, and I it takes a very strong, um, self-fulfilled man, I feel, to be able to do that, uh, to you know, say, Hey, this is my wife and this is who she is. And I'm proud of her. You know, a lot of men that I've come in contact with are, you know, they're the ego. They've got to be the, the big thing. And, you know, the wife is supposed to submit to the husband. Well, you know what? A lot of times you can be a power couple and you have your different strengths. My husband, he also has a full-time job and a part-time job. He um, works for the college part-time as an adjunct, and then he also has a day job. And on the weekends, like last weekend, he went and helped me clean one of our rentals. So he will, you know, hey, what what do you need from me today? How can I help you? So, yes, definitely, guys. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Okay, so... Um, you started flipping properties no. or burying, burying them? Yes. yes. Okay. We, I am strictly a buy and hold investor. Um, the flipping of properties doesn't didn't really interest me because we didn't need the uh, chunks of cash. Like some people need, you know, the chunks of cash afterwards. My whole process was I want cash flow and appreciation and here in Lancaster, downtown is beautiful. And then you cross over Church Street and there's a street called Howard Avenue. And Howard Avenue is the oldest street in Lancaster. Lancaster actually started on Howard Avenue. And the area looks like crap. It's uh, people when they, when I started investing said, you cannot, you should not invest south of King because it's a, zone right i said i'm gonna move the line i'm gonna have lancaster city move the line so they are going to invest by the time i'm done (laughs) they are going to invest and howard avenue is gonna be that line and here we are i started in 2017 and we're in 2023 they have uh now put in uh, i've had them put in about four or five trees. Uh, they've redone sidewalks. We are in talks with the nonprofits and they are going to start doing uh, big planters. We're going to redo the lights and the signs and redo facades. So finally, I'm that was my goal. 
And that's kind of where I am in that part of the city. Getting back to how I started, getting back to how I started was, yes, I burred the first one. I burred the second one. And I pretty much just kept going. I was very targeted in where I wanted to invest. And there were other opportunities that came up along the way. Uh, So now we have six six, uh, companies that hold real estate. Uh, Different parts of Lancaster, York, and Lebanon counties. Um, and we became private money lenders through the process just by learning through the process. Cause I was using private money lenders for my rehab funds. And I'm like, well, wait a minute, we have this, you know, old 401k that's just, or IRA that's just sitting there. And it was in the stock market and the stock market went really low. And I went, Oh no, 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 no. We're going to pull everything out. How about we do this real estate? What is all this about? So then we started private money lending to those fix and flippers um, and started building our portfolio through that also. Man, that's, well, let me, let me back up to Howard Street. I can tell you that I tell my coaching students, unless about 20 to 30% of the street or even 40% of the street hasn't been renovated you don't want to go there. Don't start renovating. Don't be the first on the block to try to turn it. But you but you set out with the intention, I'm going to change the street, mm-hmm. not I'm going to, you know, start with this how. I mean, so I loved your goal. I love that you forced the hand of the city. And so I'm so happy for you. And I I now I want to come see your city. It, it just sounds like it's spectacular. Um and now you're lending with your IRA, which mm-hmm. I am a big advocate of using your IRA uh, to do that. What I've done a little bit differently is because I've now flipped 44 homes throughout the KC area. So I haven't taken a block like you're doing, but I think there are so many people that could do that, right? Mm-hmm. And make a huge difference in a community. Um, but what I've been doing is investing in multifamily buildings. So a lot of times you can't use your IRA to invest in your own multifamily deals, but you can go invest in other people's deals. But this is a great way for people that are getting started. Hey, I've got an IRA fund that's just sitting there. It's been tied to the stock market. I can pull those funds out, liquidate it, move it to a fiduciary um, custodian, and then they can act on my behalf and start doing that. So let's, um, let's talk about... If you don't mind, um, have you been keeping track on a personal financial statement or a, re, a schedule of real estate, how much your net worth has grown? Yes. <laughs> it's one of my favorite topics. And if you don't mind sharing, you could just be general, like 1X, 2X, maybe a half X. <clears throat> so let me start by saying when I met my husband, um, I was so poor that I was going through, um, college to be a, I originally was going to college to be a nurse. I wanted to be a flight nurse and my divorce changed that because 
even though in Pennsylvania, student debt is marital asset or is marital debt when it is, um, you know, part of the marriage, when it's accumulated part of the marriage, <clears throat> I ended up getting all of that student debt. So um, I had to stop my nursing classes because I couldn't continue. And if anything with college, with nursing, you can't just pick it right back up. You got to start the program all over again. So all of those classes that I had are now for nothing. So money down the drain. So I, I did the next best thing and I said, I'm going to go for surgical technologist, which is, <clears throat> I was an orthopedic surgical technologist. I would do the surgeries. You're getting a knee replacement, a hip replacement, a shoulder, whatever, trauma, a car accident. I'm <clears throat> doing the surgery with the doctor. I'm literally hands deep with the doctor, handing instruments, everything. So <clears throat> I was in my last semester and could not afford my last semester when I met my husband now. He paid for my last semester. He has paid for my college debt. He has invested in me and he will always say that I am an investment and I was his, I'm his best investment. Uh, so I had no, my net worth was zero like it was negative numbers. Now you can also say, oh, well, when you married him, now your net worth is also his net worth. Okay. I have been very uh, cognizant of his IRA, his retirement accounts before me. They are his. It is before me. Right. <clears throat> and a lot of people don't make that distinction. I just, for my personal thing, I had to. Yeah, I get so the that. wealth that I've grown us when he divorced, she took 60% of everything, including his IRAs and pension <clears throat> within, I believe I'm going to say six months or a year. Don't quote me on that. Um, we had gotten him 100% whole through private lending of everything that she had taken. Uh, so that kind of, I was all excited about that. And then from then till now, um, <clears throat> we're in the multi-million dollar range. Very, so, very like high, higher than, yeah. Yeah. Well, that is exciting. Congratulations. Like the millionaires next door. And I think we surpassed that in 2019. Wow. So, yeah. That's I don't want to like No, that's that's great. That's exactly what I was looking for. The reason I wanted to highlight that is because a lot of people get in this and they think, "Oh, real estate is for rich people." Right? It's for people that have a lot of money, and you're saying no. You had absolutely nothing. You built it from nothing, and anybody can do this right? You just have to become educated. So let me fast forward to wrapping this up because I know our listeners have other places to be as do you and I. I want to know what is your, if somebody's just wanting to get started, they're just like you, right? They have absolutely nothing. They don't know. What would you recommend are the first three steps? Okay. The first three steps is, um, educate yourself. 
So first one is no excuses. Okay. Absolutely have no excuses. You know, self-limiting beliefs, no excuses. The second thing is always be learning. Um, constant books, uh, people that you're around, uh, networking groups. Um, and you don't need to pay $10,000 for a coach. You know, not right now when you're starting out. YouTube University is great. Um, yes. And then, oh, it was always be learning, no excuses. And shoot, I had a third one and now I can't remember it. I'm so sorry. Well, you did mention having a mentor. You had people in your life. So yes. that was your networking. Would you say network? Networking. Yes, definitely. And um, women, it is really important. I don't have a lot of women friends. Um, I'm very outspoken and my face, I have what's called resting bitch face, I guess. Can I say that on the podcast? Um, I literally can come across as not what I really am thinking. And then sometimes that is true. Anyway, I don't have a lot of friends. Uh, and the friends that I have, I'm very selective with. So you don't need a lot of friends, but you need that one friend that when you're having a really bad day, you can call up or you can text and she can say, okay, you vented for 15 minutes. Now put your big girl panties on and how are we going to get this fixed? That's the kind that. of strong friendships that we need. Absolutely. Couldn't have said that any better. And I disagree with your statement about your face. So it's beautiful. Oh. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You should see me in meetings. <laughs> well, um, you know what? That just says that you've got goals. You, you've got ambitions. You're, you're taking this stuff seriously and you know where you're going. So, you know, it is what it is. Where can people connect with you more, Michelle? Because I know that they're going to really relate to your story and they're going to want to, you know, reach out to you. So I am on uh, Facebook under Magnetic Property Management. That is my property management. Um, and then I, I just under Michelle Rogers on okay. Facebook. I don't really have a lot of social media things. <laughs> okay. Well, that's perfect. It, you mentioned that you've read a lot of books. One last question to you. Do you have a favorite book that you think, you know what, you've got limiting beliefs. You need to really concentrate on that first. Yes. So the one minute millionaire, I constantly go back to that book and it's Mark. I can't remember his last name, but he's the author of chicken soup for the soul. Yes. Um, this book is great. It is two books in one on the purple. You can, you can read it however you want, but on the purple pages, it is a story about a girl named Michelle. And, um, on the white pages, it is for the, um, people who are more intellectual and it is step-by-step, step, uh, you know, how, how are you going to go through things? It is a, like a flow chart. It is, um, it's every day, for example, it's affirmations. Um, uh, one of the affirmations that I have is I'm abundant in every good way. 
Infinite money is mine to earn, save, invest, exponentially multiply, and share. My abundance is making everyone better off. I embrace abundance, and abundance embraces me. So it has those type of affirmations. It shows you and tells you how to go about and do things, um, and it gives you another way of thinking. So I'm constantly going back to that book multiple times. Um, the other books, I'm very big into Darren Hardy. Uh, yes. he does these Darren dailies every single day. And again, it's that little seed. It's that little nugget that in the beginning of your day, he'll introduce a concept or he'll introduce, you know, something and you just kind of ruminate, rum, ruminate on it ev throughout the day. And then sometimes those seeds don't necessarily flourish in the next day, two days, weeks, but you know what, in months from now or years from now, you look back and you're like, oh, wow. I did this, I did that. And it's kind of because of this. And very quickly, my very last thing is, and I'm not promoting any of his stuff. It's just what's helped me. So Darren Hardy also has, a, it's called a hero's journey. And it was a year long training. Um, and it literally was, who are you inside? How do you come across to other people? Who do you think you are? What are the different generational biases? And it really took you through from, from start to finish on how to be a 21st century leader. And I really found out a lot about myself that I had to think and tweak and change on how I was presenting myself, um, who I thought I was being to other people. And it it really, it was a year long transformation and you still go through it. I still go back to it. Wow. Um, I'm going to have to look into that. And, and that's one of the fun things about real estate is you're never right where you want to be. You're always growing. Right. Mm -hmm. And, um, I love, I remember reading the 1 million, one minute millionaire, but it's been so many years. It's a good reminder that I need to go back. So thank you for those. I can't wait to uh, refresh my memory and ruminate. 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 Yes. <laughs> yes, ruminate. Well, I'm gonna. We're both gonna do that. So thank you again for being here, being vulnerable, transparent, and really um, sharing with everybody out there that you can become whomever you want. Yes. You can do this and you can start with nothing and end with everything. So yes. um, thank you for your time. Thank you listeners for being here today. And we will see you next time on the Mastering Money for Moms podcast. Thank you thank for you. having me. I truly appreciate it. Absolutely. It's been my pleasure and joy. Thanks. Have a great day, everyone. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Mastering Money for Moms podcast. If you enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe, follow, and leave a rating or review because it helps support the growth of this podcast. Also, I'd be so grateful if you would please share our podcast on Instagram and tag me at Mastering Money for Moms to help us grow our community of mothers. We'll see you on the next episode of Mastering Money for Moms.